Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hey, what's going on, automotive world? Welcome to another episode of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping. I'll be your host again for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Today on the show, I'm going to do the second part of a multi-part series on transmission programming. Uh, The first one, if you want to check that out, it covered Ford and Chrysler transmission programming. And what I'm really working on here is if the transmission is replaced in one of these vehicles, what do we need to do, if anything, regarding programming? Uh, I do a lot of this for a lot of transmission shops. And so I've, you know, developed a pretty good reference for myself as far as what needs to be done. If shops call me or people call me, hey, do I need to do anything? What do I need to do? How do I do it on these particular transmissions? I've built a pretty big knowledge base and reference on this stuff. So I'm going through this, make my make. I did, like I mentioned, Chrysler and Ford in the previous episode. Today is going to be General Motors and Nissan programming. All right. These are the other two really common ones that I get calls for. Um, I mean, General Motors is my the bulk of my programming overall. And within that General Motors programming, transmissions are the bulk of my GM programming. Um, it's, it's definitely the largest percentage. Uh, I also get a lot of calls on Nissan. Uh, I'm sure you probably have dealt with one of these at some point or another if you're in a shop. And you don't even have to be a transmission shop to see the failures in these vehicles because they're both extremely common. I mean, these are the money makers right here. So if you're not already familiar with what needs to be done and what it needs to be done on, we're going to cover that here today. So let's start out with General Motors transmissions. When does this need to be done? Now, if we go way back and we're looking at a lot of the four-speed transmissions of the early to mid-2000s, the only time that you would need to do a programming is if you replace the control module that was in charge of the transmission. Now, this could be built into the powertrain control module, or it could be an external TCM. And this was a small square that was bolted up somewhere under the hood that ran the transmission controls. We didn't have to deal a whole lot with those, right? If you replace a transmission, besides maybe clearing adaptives and test driving, there's nothing you have to do scan tool of programming wise. And maybe, maybe I shouldn't say nothing. There, you know, there are clearing of adaptives, but a test drive will take care of the rest to learn the adaptives. And you're pretty much done at that point. Now, that's not to say there isn't updates or programming that has to be done if the module's replaced, but transmission itself, you don't really have to do a whole lot. In 2006, 2007, that changed for General Motors quite a bit. They introduced the 6B transmission, not only in the front-wheel drive applications, but the rear-wheel drive applications. Now, it wasn't everything at this point, but they transitioned to a point where they were pretty much putting the six-speed in everything that they used, and 
every single one of the six-speed General Motors transmissions has the control module internal to the transmission, right? So that plug that's going to be on either the back or the side of the transmission, depending on which one you're working on, is going to go directly in. Actually, the plug is part of the control module assembly, which is in this big plastic lead frame that has solenoids as part of it. It's really not anything you can disassemble besides taking the control module itself off, but you have to take the cover, whether that be the pan or the side cover off, in order to remove this they call it a techum. That's the the slang term that a lot of transmission shops or parts suppliers are going to use for this control module slash solenoid pack. And techum would be transmission electro hydraulic control module, right? So techum, if you hear that, they're referring to the control module that's in the transmission. But this is going to be in the 6L and the 6T transmissions, right? So 6L would be longitudinal and 6T would be transverse. And so it really has to do with how the engine is mounted in the vehicle, right? So the 6L is going to be in the trucks and the SUVs or a rear wheel drive, four wheel drive vehicle. The 6T is going to be in the front wheel drive or SUV, all wheel drive vehicles. The 6Ls was the 6L45, 6L50, 6L80, 6L90. Uh, the 6Ts was the 6T30, 6040, 6040, 6070, and 6075. GM used these transmissions in a ton of vehicles. Almost all of their vehicles for a period of time. Again, the earliest ones that I've worked on have been the 06/07, and this is all the way up to. As new a vehicle as I've seen is a 21. So they're still using these six-speed transmissions, and all of them seem to have a very high failure rate. But when these transmissions are replaced, we're replacing the module too, or sometimes the techum is the problem. At least that's what the shop is diagnosed, and so that has to be programmed at that point too. But a replacement, a rebuild, even a used transmission, we're going to have to do some form of programming when it's replaced. Now, in my area in particular, the trucks have been the absolute worst for this. That might just be due to the fact that I'm in a rural area, and there's a lot of trucks where I'm at.、Uh, but the failure rate for the 6L80s and 90s is extremely high. I seem to be doing one of these every single day for a shop, whether that be a repair shop or a transmission shop. Part of the reason that these transmissions are failing. I should say the main reason that these transmissions are failing is because of the torque converter clutch failure. So what happens is the torque converter clutch eventually shells; it comes apart, it shreds inside, and when it does that, it sends metal debris throughout the transmission into the pump assembly, into the clutch assemblies, and it destroys the rest of the transmission. It wears grooves in the bell housing for. The pump assembly it destroys the four and five clutches and these things it burns them up so you have to rebuild the entire transmission replace the whole bell housing the pump assembly obviously the torque converter they have heavy duty torque converters that these transmission builders are putting in these things to prevent it but really the biggest thing that is causing this issue and this is at a hundred thousand miles or less that I'm seeing these things fail at. 
that that 130,000 mile, like you're not making it past that if it's a stock transmission, like it's just not going to happen from what I've seen. They, they all seem to die before that point. And it's a $4,000 repair, right? So this is not a cheap thing for the customer at 100,000 miles with their Chevy truck or car, but the trucks I see the most of. But again, going back to why this is happening, and this really isn't the point of this podcast is to talk about why these are failing, but I did want to bring this up, is that the torque converter clutch is locked up as soon as first gear nine miles an hour. Now there are variations on the apply ramp depending on the make and model and the SUV and the year and whether it's a 6L80 or 6L90 or one of the 6Ts. But a lot of these are locking up the torque converter while you're driving around in town at nine, 10, 12 miles an hour, right? So you've barely even gotten the vehicle moving and it's locking the torque converter up. Why are they doing that? fuel mileage, gas mileage. A lot of the things that are done on vehicles today is to increase the fuel mileage of the vehicle. The problem with that is, and you can feel this while you're driving one of these vehicles around, when this thing locks up, it bogs down the vehicle, right? We don't have the proper gear ratio set up in the transmission for that converter clutch to be locking up. And it puts a lot of stress on that converter. And we get a lot of shutters from these converters. That's usually before they fail. We get complaints of customers driving these vehicles and having, you can actually feel that engine, it bogs the engine down. It's really the equivalent of letting the clutch out too early on a manual transmission vehicle, right? So if you haven't got up to the speed that you need to to fully release the clutch pedal and you just quickly let your foot up, you're going to feel the vehicle kind of hop and shudder as it goes forward. You know, there's a performance side of the thing, but there's also the fact that it is not good for the clutch in that transmission, in a manual transmission. Well, it's not good for the torque converter clutch in these things as well. They have these locking up way too early, and that's why we've seen the extremely high failure rate on these transmissions. So anyways, it's led to a lot of work for me, so maybe I shouldn't complain too much. (laughs) Keep on doing what you're doing, GM. Get that fuel mileage. Uh, and cost your customers a $4,000 transmission uh, when you're sub 100,000 miles. I don't know. Maybe somebody could do the math on that and see if it's worth it. Anyways, when these are replaced, uh, we need to use GM SBS2 or TechLine Connect um, in order to program the new transmission. If it is a new or remand transmission that's being installed uh, that's going to be a new control module that's going to be in there. Uh, I have been saving the screenshots on these transmissions when I do this just in case there's any warranty issues. Again, high failure rate. There's no reason that these things couldn't fail in another 50,000 miles. I want to make sure that I have all the documentation that I programmed it using GM SPS and I save that, I give that to my customers. You'll find out a little bit later with Nissan why I feel that's important. Uh, But on these things, given the cost and the failure rate, I make sure uh, to save that I have programmed it up to the most current level. You will find with a lot of the trucks, they don't even have updates for these things, though. If you look at the software calibration, and GM knows this is a huge problem, and this isn't on all of them. They do have some that they have updates, but a lot of these, they don't have updates. It's the original software calibration that is in there. 
and they haven't changed it at all. Even though guaranteed, if I figured out what the problem was, if these trans builders figured out GM definitely knows what the problem is. I don't think that they're able to fix it because of the emissions laws and the cafe standards. They can't do anything about it. Anyways, again, that part of it doesn't really matter. How do we fix it? How we program it? GMSPS. Now, the one question I get a lot is from trans shops and from people is what about used? Can we put a used transmission in one of these things? Are Part supply issues that we've been having has affected the 6080s for sure. Getting parts for them is difficult. And so in some cases, we're doing a used transmission for that or for just the cost and the age of the vehicle. It makes more sense to put a used trans in. Can we do that? Here's the deal on these. If it's a Chevy truck that is 2014 or newer, I would say, no, you're not going to have any luck doing a used one with the factory programming. Now, prior to that with a GM truck, you might be able to. And I've talked to people where they didn't do any programming with a a used GM transmission in a truck prior to Global A 2014. They just slapped it in there and went. I haven't personally done that, but I've talked to some people said they could do that. I've also talked to some people that said they just programmed a used transmission in a prior 2014 and had no issues. That's something you could try, you can mess around with. What I do personally on these, if they're doing a used transmission, is I'm going to use IO Terminal and I'm going to clone over the software and the VIN number from the old transmission and put it into the new one. Um, And at that point, I'll check for updates, right? So basically I'm copying and pasting from the old transmission and tell the shops if they're doing use, I need access to the old one. I can hook up to it on the ground, suck out the old information, plug it into the new used transmission. And at that point, I'll hook it up to SPS and I'll check for updates. Again, a lot of these don't have updates, but I do check just to make sure, okay, let's get this thing up to the most current level so that if there is any fixes that GM's released to make this thing more reliable, at least it's in there. But a lot of times it's not. We can clone these, and you can clone these after 2014 as well. Um, some of the front-wheel drive transmissions, even before 14, you had to do this. But again, it's kind of hit and miss with that Global A stuff, especially the early stuff. I've seen a lot of cruises where people just slap a transmission in there, used. They try to program it. It won't program with GMSBS, but if you just leave it alone and you just drive it, there's no issues. It doesn't affect any of the environmental identifiers. It doesn't set any codes. It just works. And is the right VIN in the transmission? I Again, there's, there's a lot of variables, a lot of possibilities there. In some instances, I haven't seen it be an issue. But what I try to do, again, is I'm just going to clone it over to make sure that the VIN is correct, You know that we don't have any environmental identifier problems, that the software is correct, the calibration is correct, I clone those over if they're used. That's my personal preference for doing those. But I will say prior to Global A, it is possible to do a used one and potentially without any programming, or you may even be able to program it with GMSPS. Again, there's a lot of variables there that go into that. but you want to be sure, get that I.O. software and just clone it over. Copy-paste. It's really that simple, and then you don't have any question marks. 
Now, the other transmission on General Motors that's going to require some programming is the newer eight-speed transmissions that are in the trucks. These are the Silverados and the Colorados. Uh, we're starting to see some of these. And there's a 10-speed. I haven't dealt with the 10-speed yet, but the eight-speed does need some programming. Now, this transmission control module is actually external. It is not inside of the transmission. But if you replace the transmission, you still need to program it. Why is that? This is very similar to the Ford transmissions that we talked about in the previous episode, where there is a solenoid strategy or something like that that is going to be programmed into the transmission control module if something's replaced. And there's actually two different numbers on these transmissions uh, that you need to pay attention to. And it does depend on what you're replacing which number you're going to update. And you do this through GMSPS, right? So you replace a transmission. Let's just say we put a new transmission in one of these eight speeds. We're going to connect with GMSPS. We're going to go into the transmission control module, which is external from the trans. And we're going to enter the new ton or transmission unique number into SPS, it's going to pull a file from GM server and it's going to load that into the transmission control module so that it knows the unique characteristics of the new transmission that we just put into it. All right. The ton or transmission unique number is on the outside of the transmission on a sticker. The uh, last one I did was on the passenger side. Um, and you punch that into GMSPS. I believe you have to use all caps for the letters for it to accept it. Um, but again, it'll pull that file and punch it in. If that sticker is missing on the transmission, I don't have an answer for you as far as what to do. I have not seen somebody put a used transmission in one of these yet with the tag missing, but I could definitely see that happening, right? These are just stickers or tags that could easily be damaged, painted over, wiped. The the ink could be wiped off with brake cleaner oil. And if you don't have that number, I don't really know how else you can get it. If you remember with the Fords, we could get that off of the valve body. And you can get a number off the valve body on these. The problem is with these 8-speed transmissions, the number that is on the valve body is different than the number that is on the side of the transmission. So I said TUN or T-U-N, transmission unique number on the transmission. The number on the valve body is the pun, right? Like pun of a joke. And maybe that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to play a joke on us. I don't know. But the P-U-N is the part unique number. That's what they call it. And this is in particular to the valve body that's on the vehicle. Again, this number's different than the TUN. If you try to enter this in that in its place, it's not going to work. It's going to give you an error. And when you go into G, GMSPS, it's going to ask you, what did you replace? Did you replace the transmission or did you replace the valve body? But again, the number on the valve body, which is stamped on the valve body, you got to drop the pan to get this, is different. So if you do replace the valve body, you're going to be putting in this PUN, which is on the valve body. If you're shop or that you're programming for or maybe you forget oh shoot i forgot to get that number off the valve body after i installed it uh do keep in mind that the pun is also stamped onto the bag that the new valve body came in 
I just went through this with a shop. They didn't get the number. I was like, oh, you're probably gonna have to drop the pan. They dropped the pan. I got there. I was programming it. I looked over in the box and I saw the number on the bag and I'm like, oh, okay. And I told them for future reference, it's on the bag and it's on the valve body. They're probably not gonna forget that again. But that's where you can find that. Again, two different numbers here that GM's asking for. So you gotta pay attention to which one, what did you replace and then put in that correct number. Now, if you replace the whole transmission, according to service information, you just enter that transmission unique number and you don't have to do anything else. Well, I shouldn't say you don't have to do anything else. You don't have to enter the valve body specific number. That is only if you replace just the valve body. But going back to what I was originally saying, if the tag is missing or gone off the side of the transmission... I haven't dealt with that situation yet. I don't exactly know what the correct procedure is in that case. So if I run into that or I talk to somebody who knows, maybe you know, uh, you can tell me what the proper procedure is for that. I haven't seen anybody use the used one of these eight speeds yet. Um, they do seem to be very problematic in their own right. Uh, so uh, maybe that's why a used one hasn't been done yet. Uh, but I'm sure we'll see more of that as time goes on. So that's really it for GM, uh, and it's the bulk of what I do, again, mostly the six speeds, which covers a ton of different vehicles. Um, the programming itself is fairly easy. Um, unless it's used, then you're going to be cloning that over with I.O. All right, for the second part of this, we're going to go through Nissan. Uh, Nissan has a ton of transmission failures between two particular types of transmission. One is your traditional automatic in this case, a rear-wheel drive transmission. Uh, the other one's going to be a CVT. Uh, we're going to start with the rear-wheel rear drive. This is an RE5R05A transmission. Uh, this is going to be found in the older Pathfinders, Armadas, Xterras, uh, the big SUV truck vehicles. What would happen on these very common is the cooler, the transmission cooler inside of the radiator would crack internally and coolant would get into the transmission. Obviously not good for the transmission, but also very bad for the transmission control module, which in these transmissions was located inside of the transmission, part of the valve body assembly. Okay, that's where the TCM was. And once you got coolant in there, I didn't like it. It's going to short it out. It usually took down the whole CAN bus when they went down. So you had a no com, no crank scenario, and it was because of the transmission control module. Okay. And it's a big fix, right? Transmission rebuild, control module replacement, radiator replacement, flushing of the entire cooling system and the trans lines, right? A lot of work, big expense to fix one of these things that's failed. But either way, transmission control modules do need programming you're going to use either consult which is nissan's factory software or you can use NERS. i've never used NERS. Um, i heard a lot of people that struggled using NERS, and on these transmissions particular that they can take an extremely long time to program and so i just went out and i bought consult i said i'm not screwing around i'm just going to get the factory software and i'm going to use that because i get lots of calls on these and they do still take quite a while. It can be, you know, 30, 40 minutes for one of these to program. Um, but I haven't had one had an issue. Um, so once the module is installed, you're going to pull the correct calibration file from 
Nissan's website, nissantechinfo.com. And when you do this, if you run into this scenario, there's going to be a lot of different options. You're going to, you're going to put in your control modules identification into their website, and it's going to give you a ton of different files. And you're going to be like, well, I don't know which one is right. Um, I will give you a hint here. If you call the Nissan parts department that you ordered the part from, or really any Nissan parts department that you're semi friendly with, you can just call and say, Hey, I bought this valve body from you. Here's the part number. There's a ROM ID. Can you look that up for me? And I have had zero issues with my parts department looking that up for me. They'll say, yeah, let me look into my system. Um, and they, they're able to, based off of the part number that they sold you, look that up. And I, I've given them the VIN as well. I think that plays a role. I don't know exactly how it looks up in their system. Um, but they're able to find the file that you need. They give you the exact file. And so you have a list on these particular transmissions of like, 15, 20 different potential files off of Nissan's website, the parts department will give you the one that you need. Um, so if you run in that scenario, just give them a call. It's very, very simple to get the right one. You download that, you you put it into the correct file. Um, I, I guess I will say this, with consult or nurse programming, there's a lot to it. My suggestion, if you're unfamiliar with it, go watch Keith Perkins' videos on L1 diagnostics.com. He's got a great walkthrough uh, and he's really good with Nissans. He'll show you exactly how to do it. But basically you're going to download a file, you're going to put it into the right folder on your computer, and then you're going to program the transmission. Pretty straightforward there. Used ones on these transmissions, these rear wheel drive ones, I've seen it done. The key would be getting it out of the exact same vehicle so that the calibration is correct. I'm not aware of a way that you can correct the calibration if it's not right for one of these vehicles. So you're going to want to get the right one, or you might get some codes or things that don't operate correctly. All right. And finally, the Nissan CVTs. And we'll spend a little bit of time on this because again, this is an extremely high failure rate. The transmissions themselves just blow up. They eat themselves. They're done. Um, all the time. Every single week I get calls on Nissan CVTs. And this is in most of their front wheel drive stuff. The Nissan Sentra, the Altima, the Pathfinder, the Rogue. Um, all, so many different Nissans are having these CVT failures. And again, the failure of what's actually happening in the transmission doesn't matter so much to me. It's what do I do after it's replaced? And there is definitely some programming that you absolutely have to do on these transmissions after they're replaced. I'm going to go through this, but there's more than just programming. And there's actually three different sections, or I'm going to break it down into three different sections of things that you may need to do when transmission is replaced, when the CVT is replaced in a Nissan. And there's going to be a TSB that I reference that's going to help you out a lot with this, because in some cases you don't need to worry about all three sections. Um, but I'm going to tell you how to identify what needs to be done on the vehicle, the Nissan CVT that you're replacing. What do I do with it? Now, the TCMs are external on these. They're not internal to the transmission. We might say, well, why do we need to program these? Well, again, three different portions to this. There's some scan tool learn functions. That's one section. 
there's a characterization right for the new transmission. That's two. And there's a software update for a lot of these Nissan TCMs after the transmission's replaced. And these are three different areas that you got to look at and you got to complete, especially if you're putting in a new transmission from Nissan. And that's the one thing I really want you to focus on here. If you're putting a new transmission in that you bought from Nissan, which is not cheap, right? It's four grand, your cost. You want to make sure that you're following all of these steps and documenting with screenshots all of these steps. Because if you don't, if you don't follow what's required by factory service information, they will not warranty it when it fails and the new ones do fail. I've seen it especially when you don't do the updates. They also have said, what I'm told, is the screenshots for the programming and procedures that you're doing not only have to be done, but they have to be done with consult, Nissan factory tooling, or they won't warranty it. Okay, I don't know about GA software. I'm not sure on that. All I know is what I was told by the shop that had to eat a transmission because they didn't do any of this was that Nissan wanted screenshots from factory Nissan consult software that the update was done and the characterization right was performed. Otherwise, they weren't going to warranty it. And the shop didn't have it. So they didn't warranty it. So they eat a $4,000 transmission. Nissan wouldn't do anything without this. So this is one area we really want to make sure either you or someone is programming them. You know, I've heard of areas where Nissan dealerships do the programming for free. If you buy the transmission from them, and that's probably to avoid a situation like this, um, but maybe you don't have that option um, to get it to a dealer. You don't want to tow it. You want to keep it in house. Either find a way to get this tooling yourself or call in someone else that can do it for you. Really important here. But again, those three sections were scan tool functions, which I'll go through, characterization right, and a software update. We're going to we're actually start with a software update. Again, important that you do this. This is the part where Nissan has released a software update for the external TCM in order to operate the transmission in a way that it's not going to fail. Hopefully, I don't know, but according to Nissan, it's going to be better. Uh, it's not going to cause these CVTs to fail. How do you know if you need a software update? Right, Because again, TCM is external. It already has calibration in there. If you go into ECU info on your TCM, you can have two numbers separated by a dash. One of them is going to start with 31036, I think, for all of the front-wheel drive transmissions. And then the second number will be different depending on what you're working on. You're going to go to nissantechinfo.com. You're going to go onto the you're going to go under the consult 3 reprogramming software. And you're going to enter those two numbers. There'll be two boxes. You'll enter the first portion first. It'll open up a second box. You'll enter the second one. If there's a software update, it's going to show you, yep, this is the update to the control module or the software that you have in your control module. You purchase that file, you download it, you put it into a specific file, and then you program it into the TCM in the vehicle. There's a lot of steps there. Again, if you have questions on Nissan programming, check out Keith's video, but that's the process to check. It is free to check. You don't even need a subscription. You can go to nissantechinfo.com. You can type in these numbers under the consult 
software. If you go to the homepage, it's the bottom left of the six blocks that are there. Let's say Nissan called consult software. You click on it and then you'll see a little box over to the right of the screen. You enter the first number, which is again, three, one, zero, three, six. It'll pop up a second box. You type in the second number that is in your ECU, um, ECU info, and then it will show you if there's an update. If there's not an update, you're good. It may have already been updated. Maybe they don't have an update for that one. You can move on with your life. But if it does, and you put a new transmission in there, you really, really need to do this so that you or another shop doesn't have to eat the cost of that transmission. Now, if it's a used transmission, again, you should still update it. They've changed it in a way. I don't know exactly what they've done. You should still do it. But at that point, I guess the warranty thing doesn't come into play. Uh, You should still check for it, and I update them if they need an update. So that's the software part. The scan tool part. There are multiple areas of the scan tool functions, and they don't apply to every single vehicle. And I'll come, I'll circle back to, well, how do I know what applies to me? Your scan tool is going to be pretty straightforward in what it applies, but what do I need to do? The options that you're going to see here are clear learning value, which in some cases is done along with the programming of the transmission. Uh, there's fluid degradation, which is basically just the fluid life. There's a fluid life reset. There's a clutch point learn, there's a G sensor learn, and there's an engine brake learn on some of these. Again, what's necessary at what point? I'm going to fill you in on that. Um, there is a TSB. I'm going to include that TSB in the show notes for this episode. You can reference that. But I'll give you another way you can find out exactly what needs to be done on the particular vehicle that you're working on. Before I get to that, the third part of this is the characterization right. So these CVTs are going to have specific data about the internal operations, valve body, fluid flow rate inside of the transmission. It's going to be unique to that transmission, new or used. Now, the new ones come with a CD. If you've ever put one of these transmissions in, you got a white CD with a QR code on the front of it. That has the data that needs to go into the TCM, and it's a function using Nissan Consult and a CD drive that you put the CD in, it loads up on your computer, you pull the file, you write it to the TCM. There are other options to get this information in there, though. You can do this with aftermarket tooling. The QR code that's on the CD, you can take a picture of that. There is also a QR code on the range sensor of these transmissions. And this is in the case of a used CVT. How do I get this information in? See if the QR code is present and legible on the range sensor of the vehicle. Because odds are you're not going to have the CD that came with that transmission. And I guess if it was original to a different vehicle, there wasn't a CD in the first place. But there's a QR code on the range sensor. Now, Autel, I can speak for, will actually take a picture of this QR code and it will punch it into the transmission. You can also do this, again, with aftermarket tooling. You can do it with a factory tooling, but in the case of a used transmission, it actually is quicker to go with the aftermarket. If it's new, I'm screenshotting that I'm doing this, again, with the Nissan Consult factory, but a used transmission, I'll just use the Autel. Again, I'll take a picture of this QR code 
and it has data, but you can do this a couple different ways. You can take a picture with your iPhone and it will identify the QR code. Sometimes it's hard to get the Autel in there to actually see the QR code on the range sensor. So I'll take a picture with my iPhone and then I'll take a picture of the picture using my Autel. But here's the other thing that an iPhone will do. The iPhone will actually decode the information that's in that QR code. And it's just a series of numbers. Um, It's just data that's going in, you know, referring to the flow rate. And you could manually punch these numbers in to an aftermarket scan tool, which will then put it into the TCM. And I verified by taking a picture with the Autel and taking a picture of my iPhone, it's the same number. Uh, So worst comes to worst, you could do that. Um, But the Autel does have a camera on it, the tablet, and you can just take a picture of it and enter it in that way. So if it's a used transmission and it's already up to date, you might not need any J2534 software, you're just going to use the Autel, take a picture, load that in, perform the scan tool functions, and you're done. Now, what if this thing's missing the QR code on the range sticker? What do you do at that point? There is another option. There's a serial number that's located on the case of the transmission and the valve body. And the valve body one would be if you're just replacing a valve body, I don't know a whole lot of shops that do that. Usually it's a whole transmission that's being replaced, but there is a serial number. You can use this if you go to that Nissan Tech Info website that I was talking about and you go to service support items, you can pay $20 and use that serial number in order to get the file for that particular CVT and then you can punch it into the TCM. Right. So there are options. Even if that QR code was destroyed, it's not legible. You can still get it through Nissan's website and then you can put that information in there. But if you're doing a new one, you got a CD, just use that. Uh, You can even use the QR code on the CD if you wanted to. Again, screenshot all that stuff. You want to make sure that you have documentation. Now, there's a lot of stuff. And to add even more confusion to this, not every Nissan CVT needs all these things right? We can check for a software update and some do, some don't, but not all of them need a CD. Not all of them have data loaded. Some of these pull the ROM data from the valve body automatically and you don't need a CD. You don't need a QR code. You don't need to enter that information. Some of these don't need all the scan tool functions. So what do I do on what? That's the big question, right? What do I need to do on each different one? couple different ways you can do this. There is a service bulletin that I'm going to include in the show notes that's going to give you a ton of information. It's going to tell you every vehicle that's going to need a CD for the CVT on a list. There is also a chart of which scan tool functions need to be performed and when, and then the rest of the TSB goes through how to actually do all this stuff. Now the screenshots are with Nissan Consult, but Um, If you're using an aftermarket scan tool, the functions match pretty closely outside of the programming. So this TSB is a great reference. If somebody calls you, they're like, I'm using myself as an example. Hey, we got to put this transmission in so-and-so Nissan. Can you come program it? My first question is, does it come with a CD? That's usually what I ask them. But I can look at this TSB and see if it even needs 
a CD, all right? Or if we, hey, we put a used transmission in, can you come out and program this? I can look at this TSP and know what I need to do. It's very helpful uh, to be able to do that because I charge differently depending on what steps I have to perform, an update, the characterization right, and the scan tool functions, right? That's the three separate things in my mind, and I want to charge more if I'm doing all three, which in some cases you might need to. There's another way that you can do this, um, and no reason you can't use the CVT, but if you have Identifix, and this tip was courtesy of Corey Brueggemann of SNA Auto, Staten Island, if you have Identifix, type in your year make model for your Nissan you're working on. And in the search bar for Identifix, you're just going to use additional service, right? You're just going to type in an additional service in the search bar for Identifix. And in the results, you're going to scroll down and you're going to look for after replacement of blank, right? And what did you replace? The transmission, the valve body, the TCM. And you click on that, it'll tell you exactly what needs to be done step-by-step step for your exact vehicle, for what exactly you replaced. So maybe it's scan tool functions, maybe it's a characterization, right? Maybe it's a programming, maybe it's all of above. You will find that if you type in additional service, scroll down to what you replaced and click on it. So that is it for GM and Nissan transmission programming. I hope you learned something from that. Thank you for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. I also really appreciate getting to talk to everybody at ASTE. It's really cool seeing people. Uh, I had a great time. Hopefully you did too. Other than that, let's all get out there, start fixing the world one car at a time.